Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Daniel. And I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet just can't get enough of, it's us nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. Yay! I'm happy to be back. <laughs> yes, welcome back, Colin. We're sorry you missed you the back. racing episode. I, I was so devastated <laughs> that I missed the racing episode. I was sad that I missed the Crosshair episode, but I'm sure we'll have plenty more clone stuff to talk about yes. later on in the, se- in the season. But today, we're excited to share our initial reactions and theories for the latest episodes of The Bad Batch. The episodes were written by Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. They were directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and Stuart Lee. And their supervising director, Brad Rowell, always, he's always in there. Later, we'll give our takes on the latest news about Star Wars Visions and another new bit of info we got today. This is your official spoiler warning for these episodes and all things Star Wars. A little adult content warning because of swearing and whatnot. Because Daniel's going to go off, I'm very sure. I have opinions. (laughs) I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. So if you're ready, grab a drink and climb the worship tree as we discuss the Bad Batch Season 2 episodes Entombed and Tribe. Let's punch it with our episode recap. Yes, let's get ready. Let's get going. So we start off with Entombed. Omega discovers an ancient relic in, where else? A junkyard. Fee identifies it as a compass and manages to decipher it leads to the Kaldar trinary system. Since that system is pretty much uncharted, Fee's pretty sure there's some kind of, there's something very valuable there. Something very profitable, as Hondo might say. That was your Hondo voice immediately. (laughs) It, yeah, I had to, I had to take it back, and then I was like putting it back in, and it, it ended up a little messy. But just go with it. Very profitable. It takes some convincing, but Hunter eventually agrees to go on the treasure hunt too. On the way, Fee seems to be bonding with Omega. She's absolutely telling her all about her many adventures, quote unquote, liberating treasures and artifacts. Hunter doesn't seem that happy about it, but Omega just can't get enough. Yeah. Upon landing, they notice the planet is completely scorched. Like, it is almost lifeless. Not Um, a good sign. Not what you want. (laughs) No. Fee leads the group into a mountain entrance, and inside they see these cave markings, which tells Fee they are searching for the treasure of Skaranal, also known as the Heart of the Mountain. The legend predates even the Jedi Order, and is supposed to be extremely valuable. Yeah. So they (laughs) attempt to align the symbols on the wall, but they're not having any luck. Omega eventually spots the right pattern by looking through the compass, and they're able to enter. So they go through several traps and puzzles to find the heart of the mountain. Fee finally sees it and removes it from its place on the wall, and the temple comes to life. So it's not really a temple. It's actually a large machine walker with a very powerful main gun on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a giraffe. Yeah. Uh, If anyone's played Horizon, uh, it's like one of the tall necks in there. Very weird. Um, So it begins scorching the surrounding area, and the group scrambles to put the stone back in its place. Uh, They also are attacked by a creature that's been stalking them. So they finally overcome the creature, throwing it out of the window. And once the heart of the mountain is back in its place, the machine shuts down and the stone melts. And on the journey back to Sid's, Fee tells Omega of another legend a chalice that once belonged to the kingdom of Elwes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh my. <laughs> See, you need to like calm down a little bit. <laughs> you need to slow your roll. First of all, this is a child who's probably like 14. Cannot be taking the child on these dangerous missions. This is Sure you know, can. She's the oldest terrible, one there. Terrible panic parenting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess technically <laughs> He's probably a little older than her, but yeah, she is older than her brothers. Okay, in the next episode, very much was looking forward to this one. 
It's yes. called Tribe. The Bad Batch are in the middle of selling some forged chain codes to the Vanguard Axis. So it's like both of those names just are not good. This is not, <laughs> not going to be a good situation. When they find a young Wookiee being tortured and restrained, Omega is determined to help and they set Gunji free. Yay! Mm-hmm. After he reveals himself as a Jedi, he looked so great. It was like, Gunji, justice for Gunji has finally come to be. I'm very happy about this. So after escaping, Gunji is reluctant to trust the clones. Yeah, same. <laughs> Big same. <laughs> Understandable. Gunji. Having experienced Order 66, he sees those helmets come up and he's like, no, No, checking out of the situation. He was trying to get back to Kashyyyk when he was captured by the Axis. The Bad Batch agree to help him, though. They're like, okay, we're going to bring you back to Kashyyyk because we are actually good people. (laughs) We are not the bad clones. So they head to Kashyyyk, a very lush and beautiful planet, just huge, gorgeous trees mountains it's like 10 miles west of boston (laughs) (laughs) so after landing and fighting through a nest of kinrafts it's like oh shit no spiders please god no (laughs) it's not so unacceptable unacceptable daniel was very happy he texted us about them the group comes to a wookie village that has just been decimated and this was very very sad to see i was not happy about that no not happy at all while exploring the wreckage, they find a group of fucking Trandoshans holding a Wookiee hostage because they suck. <laughs> we do not stand for Trandoshans on this spot. <laughs> and of course, they are continuing to destroy whatever they can find, basically. They're like, we're not even going to bother like using the resources. We're just going to destroy them. That seems fine. A fight ensues. The Bad Batch manage to beat the Trandoshans and free the Wookiee. They are found by a passing Wookiee patrol, which looked really cool. (laughs) They were awesome. Who take them back to their village where they can meet Yana. So while they're discussing how to help Gunji, uh, the Trandoshans are unfortunately still on the trail. They find lightsaber marks on the tanks and figure out that a Jedi is involved. They're like, all right, don't call this in yet. Let's see if we can take care of this ourselves before, uh, (laughs) before we have to call in anybody else. Yana agrees that Gunji can stay in their village, uh, and the clones actually start to kind of share in some of the Wookiees' culture before scouts report that the Trandoshans are, in fact, approaching. The Wookiees are praying under a worship tree, uh, and Gunji explains that everything is of the trees, and the trees have a plan. The battle breaks out. A lot of soldiers die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but ultimately, the Wookies are able to use the, ter- the terrain to their advantage, and they draw the Trandoshans in, where they are attacked by some of those Kinrath. In the aftermath, Omega and Gunji are meditating under the Rosha tree, uh, while Hunter and Yana are reflecting on their youth and what sort of paths lay before the two young ones now. Hopefully, not war. Mm, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Not. Spoiler mm. alert: almost yes. definitely war. It's yeah. called Star Wars, so no. <laughs> This isn't Star Peace, everyone. Um, the Omega and Gunji comp there at the end. I was like, are they are they pushing a little too hard to suggest she might be force sensitive, or is she just empathetic enough to connect to Gunji and kind of do this little uh, cultural thing with him? Kind of like Wrecker drinking all the booze. Column A, column B. Yeah, a little of both. Yeah. Like she could she could sense that something was like amiss on the uh on the Vanguard access station, she's like, no, someone's here that's in trouble. We need to find them. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I feel like any reasonable person might have their spidey senses going off in that situation, but... Yeah. <laughs> you mean this entire ship is run by droids? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry, those droids were sketchy. Super, super sketch. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. First, I want to kind of jump into our reactions and favorite moments... I did enjoy Entombed, but it definitely wasn't as interesting for me as the Solitary Clone or the opening two episodes were. Definitely kind of that Monster of the Week style episode, which is fine. Like, we we, we need them here and there. I do like that they're showing us that Omega seems to be yearning for a female friend or a mother figure. I don't know if Fee is the right choice for this. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have, like, most savory female characters in her life now i'll say you're telling me sid either. and fee aren't the best mentors no <laughs> it's, it's like your older aunt who survives mainly on wine 
and your older cousin who comes around every once in a while and gets you into trouble every single time. Look, kid, do you want to come down to the casino with me? I'm gonna it's going to be a good bet. time. <laughs> yeah, just like, no, <laughs> this is a terrible decision. But I can see her being like, I like my brothers. I, I love my brothers, but I also need some like lady time. Like, yeah, fair enough. I need to find some girlfriends and just hang out. Um, absolutely loved Tribe. I think that was a good use of a guest character, especially someone like Gunji. If you're going to bring him in, bring him in like this. I totally screamed. It's like, Gunji! Oh, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> you survived. I love you. Yes, we love you. We want the best for you. It's really good to see him, even though it is very sad that his fellow students that we saw in the Clone Wars probably did not survive Order 66. Yeah. So it's kind of a bittersweet moment. It is great to see him get back to his world and his planet. Even if it's not technically his family, he now has a newfound family that he can live right. with. And I really hope he survives through the Imperial yeah. era. Because if he doesn't, got words. Got words for a day of It will be hell to pay. <sighs> Daniel, how about you? Look, I will not parse words and tomb did not pass the phone test for me i was not oh, interested <laughs> like i i love indiana jones and i know that's what they were trying to be but it just did not feel interesting like i yeah. i like fee but i didn't like her in this episode it just it i know we we're supposed to get to know her a little more but because there were really no stakes at all i wasn't worried i was like they're not going to kill off fee here right nothing's going to happen to the batch so it just didn't feel very impactful to me. Um, and the weapon was the most interesting thing. Like, I want to know what this is. And we're just Same. like, no, we're going to leave it here. And I was like, no, but this was the thing I was actually interested in. Uh, so I was like, whatever. Like, the, it was a one-off episode. And it's probably the one that I enjoyed the least out of both seasons. Like, yeah. I, I just... I could not remember a thing from it other than cool walker that went away too quickly it didn't Meanwhile, really give growth for anybody yeah it was like kind of like just, okay was like, here you go saturday morning cartoon like i mean that's fine and all but whatever tribe meanwhile <laughs> not enough good things to say wookies jedi wookies trandoshans being fucked up what more could i want then they show me something from Knights of the Old Republic. They gave me Kenrath. I'm happy. I had so much fun. That's like that was a one-off episode, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. And it had meaning. Intuned. Like actually felt Try to be real. fun. Yes. <laughs> Try to have some impact. Intuned. <laughs> and this makes me sad because Wanda Sykes, I love you. Yeah. It's not your fault. No. It's not your fault, Wanda. I love Could you. have used a much better vehicle for fee. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of echoing you guys on Entombed. It's almost definitely my least favorite of the season so far. Like, it was just kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Um, I like you didn't. Know, I just have so many questions. Like, was that weapon sentient? Was it programmed? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Why? Why were there no actual controls inside of it? <laughs> Did that thing do that to the planet? <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah, like I'd be okay if we didn't like know exactly who made it or we didn't get all the answers, but just like a little bit more. I'm actually starting to wonder as we're talking now, because Daniel, last week you and I talked about um, the idea of the the balance between these episodes and how it was nice to get the solitary clone and then faster. So we had that kind of little bit heavier, deeper episode, and then we had something a little bit more lighthearted and a little fun. And I'm wondering if this if Entombed would have hit better if I had watched it after Tribe. Hmm. They had flipped that order, it might have been received a little bit better. Yeah, I think I'm wondering if that's a little bit of the reception, because these two actually do make for an interesting pair when it comes to that type of tone and balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not opposed to doing the one-offs, one-off adventure of the week. Some of the best shows do that. I mean, I loved the racing episode. Exactly. So (laughs) there was that. But yeah, Tribe, Wookiees just are awesome i was yes. really excited to see gunji um uh, even though i'm not sure how he survived order 66 and I... um knowing what the <laughs> what the next several years hold for kashik i don't know how far he's gonna get 
I I choose to believe that he is alive and will find Rey at some point, and they are going to do fun Jedi stuff together because Gunji is alive, damn it. Yeah, he better be alive. If he could be Grogu's teacher, I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you know, I say we're not sure how he survived Order 66. Does seem that that was actually um, a little bit easier to do than we all originally thought. I think it I mean... depended on where you were. For... Yeah, I think it was very dependent on where you were, like yeah. what clones you were with, if any. Yeah. If you were on Coruscant, you were kind of screwed. Yeah. Oh, you were so screwed. Yeah. So he was probably on an away mission of some kind. He's still a Padawan, I'm pretty sure. So he might have been with his master. Yeah, is... he was just building his lightsaber. In Clone in, Wars. In Clone yeah. Wars. That was, like, that was what, like season five? <laughs> So yeah. I think so. That, yeah, that yeah, was like within a, that was like less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. There's supposed the to be timeline. what ten thousand some Jedi in the galaxy. If right. just one percent of them survive, that's still a hundred Jedi. Right. Yeah. So I mean, and we know some of them got away. Bad. Like we know. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just I love pair. I loved the pairing of him with Omega. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were really, really good compliments to each other. Uh, he was so determined to protect the innocent and to keep fighting the good fight. Yeah. Like, as soon as he saw someone in trouble, he was like, no, nah, lightsaber, bitch. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Th- th- this is what uh, the Jedi were supposed to be. Yeah. He just had a dark thought, even if it's more than 1% that survived. What? I mean, that's what Inquisitors were for. Yeah. They yeah. were oh, yeah. really good at killing Jedi. Yep. They were. Or at least putting them in stasis. Or killing them and then putting them in that weird trophy room. It's fine. Everything's fine. And we do know Inquisitors go to Kashyyyk at some point. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. No, they weren't focusing on on our baby boy Gunji. They were focusing on Cal. Keep moving, Daniel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Gunji was probably there and be like, oh shit, I can sense another Jedi is here. Stop. No, can't. (laughs) I can't I'm help going him. to the trees, bud. I'm out. Exactly. Saw was there. He, he's fine. He's a good babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> can't even say it with a straight face. Okay. Um, other favorite moments. I love that there is this entire ship of bloodthirsty, like piratey droids. <laughs> like, these guys are fucked up for real. <laughs> like acting of their own accord. Does Palpatine know that they're out there? Because they have a pretty big ship. And they're in control of their own lives and their fates. Like, what is happening? It reminds me of the HK-50 droids from Knights of the Old Republic 2 that are just out murdering people because they feel like it. Because they don't really have a master anymore. Mm. And they just kind of run around and, statement, we are going to kill you now, meatbag. It's like, oh, yes. Like, that's what these droids were kind of reminded me of. Mm -hmm. So while they were dicks for locking up Wookiees... I still kind of live for them. Oh, yeah. Like, live your best life, droids. You probably were under an oppressive thumb at some point, also. Almost Droid definitely. Rebellion, let's go. I can't blame them, because they were probably living shit lives. Not everybody can get R2 and 3PO's enchanted life, for real. Yeah, ask 3PO about that. Those two gay that. boys were living a good life. I mean, 3PO likes to exaggerate. <laughs> let's just put that up. 3PO is a drama queen, and I will put that on record. He is an absolute queen. Yeah, he was built by Anakin. (laughs) Yeah, of course he was built for drama. Also the drama king of the show. (laughs) Daniel, any other moments you liked? So when the episode ended for... and I'm kidding, I'm kidding, that's too mean. Um, I... (laughs) I, I thought the actual machine itself was cool. So like the fight in the machine, that was interesting. But my like, if I had to pick one for both episodes, it was the Wookiee defense of their forest. Like it was so Art. cool to see the Wookiees in their episode, like in their episode, in their element. Like they were, yeah, yeah, like they were, they knew exactly what to do. They led them directly to the Kenrath. Like it's, mm-hmm. I like that we've been consistent with the Wookiees understand their environment. They yeah. know where they live and they use that to their advantage. And because they are intelligent creatures and we need to be reminded of that. They are not just big walking, walking teddy bears. No, they are smart, <laughs> sentient beings. Also, no xenophobia, but Trandoshans as a species, you can all eat shit. Yeah. 
not great guys except not, for not except for i have a one big asterisk for my boy skier from oh. high republic oh really yeah he's one of the good ones I mean, <laughs> I haven't read the comics, so he might have fucked up in there. And I is don't that know. like trying to find a good Slytherin? Like, I guess depends on who's writing. The yeah. And there's your favorite moments. Yeah, I mean, while the episode overall wasn't the best, I did really like the way the machine lit up and on the inside, like the right. the curves and everything. And I I couldn't come up with a good thing to put in our our next like homages section for what it's specifically reminding you of but it the the design patterns did look kind of familiar um, yeah it just and, looked neat it was interesting yeah and then kind of the the visual on that that opening like external shot of the vanguard access station that thing was really cool right really and then gunji doing the force grab like they've yes. got his saber and he does the yeah. force grab to get it <laughs> I was just like, yes. go, Gucci, go! Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, Plus, the poor clones, I, though. You gotta be like, oh shit, it's a Jedi. Oh no. <laughs> hey, bud. About that whole order. About that whole genocide. Whoopsie. Yeah. We didn't so we mean. got the text, but we didn't follow through. Except Crosshair, but he's not here anymore. Yeah, that our boy was tripping, okay? Like we don't we don't stand by him. Oh my god. God. <laughs> oh man. I think with that we can go ahead and move over to our Easter eggs connections and callbacks. Yeah. So starting off, uh the weapon, whatever this machine is, it is re- reminiscent of a couple different things. So starting inside Star Wars, several fans have noted that it looks very similar to the Zepho. Uh, those are the creatures from uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The head of the walker is very similar to Zepho heads themselves. And there were hints about machines like that that they used. So that could be a potential one. It also reminiscent of War of the Worlds, kind of those invader tripods uh, that we saw from those. And like I mentioned before, they have a little bit of a look of the tall neck walkers from Horizon Zero Dawn. So yeah, there's a few different things that uh that they look like. Yeah, and then we've kind of mentioned this already. The ep- the episode Entombed itself is very much a classic adventure story, very reminiscent of the setup for an Indiana Jones adventure. You know, classic treasure hunt, get the artifact, something goes horribly wrong, you have to make the decision to put it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, were they also- messed up though? They didn't have a sexy archaeologist. They didn't. I mean, no Fee, sexy Doctor Afra's like right there. I mean, Fee can get it. Oh. I mean, I mean Fee, yeah, yeah Fee sure. can get it, but she's a pirate. <laughs> she's not an archaeologist. We need we need a hot archaeologist who has a hot like uh, partner working with them. Fee would be the hot partner, and then you have the hot archaeologist. Okay. Uh, and that also kind of ties back to the opening scene from the entire season, which we said was very Indiana Jones, kind of starting yeah. smack in the middle of an adventure. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I did like that part. Okay, next we have... Beach. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to go to that beach. Without the crab monsters, please. And thank you. I mean, maybe they're just Zoidbergs. <laughs> no, you don't want to go with them either. The, the, the Zoidbergs, like, no. <laughs> not going to work out well for anybody. I'm so sorry. Anytime I hear Zoidberg, I have to do my Zoidberg impression. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Zoidberg is great. He is the only one who gets a Christmas present from Robot Santa. So we do have to acknowledge that. (laughs) He's the best. Um, Oh, Futurama tie-in here. Wall symbols. There's lots of graffiti in Futurama. Omega Mm -hmm. uses the compass to see these hidden drawings that lead the crew to the right spot in the temple. In the Book of Boba Fett, Din Djarin follows symbols that can only be seen with the correct lens to go find the armorer. Also reminded us a little bit of in Andor when they use symbols to kind of have their little rendezvous spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this idea of hidden yeah. things like this. It also, unfortunately, made me think a little bit of the knife from the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like, oh, no. I <laughs> will pretend that I have not heard those words. Yeah. I think this is a little bit better because this is like something that is going to be here forever because nobody can fucking get there. <laughs> And there's no water that is eroding it actively. You design a knife for a thing that's sinking into the fucking. I'm. I'm... 
<laughs> okay, I'm gonna go to the next one or else I will rage. Uh there was so much good that could have happened in that movie. Okay, Dan, focus. <laughs> All right. Uh so the Hearthstone that the Bad Batch is after shares similarity ah, similarities to a lot of the stones and fandom stories that we like. So we've got the Indiana Jones ones. It's kind of similar to the Sankara stones from Temple of Doom, even though those were round, but you know, it still works. Uh, the shape and markings also bear resemblance to the four elemental stones in the fifth element, which you have oh to my blow God, on it. I haven't Win. seen that in so long. I've got to rewatch that great movie. It's such a good movie. Uh, so the name Heartstone and its placement in the wall of the temple walker, whatever you want to call it, uh, likens back to the Hobbit and the Dwarf Kingdom of Erebor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the machine going on a destruction spree only to be quelled when you pull its Heartstone in the right place. It felt kind of like the plot of Moana. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically how Moana ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Moana was an, Engaging an amazing movie. Beautiful. Yeah. Made me cry. That moment at the end with Chaviti makes me cry every single time. I've only Moana seen it rocks. <gasps> it's like The Rock's only very good performance. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed uh I enjoyed uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh yeah, he's he is good in Jumanji, but he has a really good ensemble for Jumanji. Yeah, he does. All right, next up, this episode also it and I think this is another reason probably why we weren't as stoked on this one because mm-hmm. um, it pays homage to one of our absolute favorite shows, Rebels, uh, and the classic Twilight of the Apprentice. But Twilight of the Apprentice just does it so much better. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's meaning so, behind it. You know, we got a se- secret underground temple on a derelict planet mm-hmm. check said temple is actually a weapon of mass destruction check there's a weird stone that's actually the key to unlocking all of it check questionable re- morality of the treasury seekers double check <laughs> triple <laughs> i mean check. i just needed some like weird dark sider who's been hiding away for years to just pop up and be like oh, do you want to come with me like i know it couldn't have been maul but like have someone weird show up. Come on. That would be great. I am all here for that. <laughs> yeah. At least in Fallen Order, you've got Taryn Malikos, the weird shirtless dark Jedi who's like, yeah. ah, I look at my temples. Like, he was cool. <laughs> he was there to be weird and creepy. <laughs> look at he your really was. Get more weird and creepy darksiders and temples, please. He's such a good character. I love that guy. <laughs> Forgot about that. Okay, next we have the temple entrance. The way that the walls have to be aligned in the right way to reveal the door is also a device used during Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures. Go watch. Very funny. In that temple, young Rowan Freemaker uses the force to reveal the door so that he can find a large kyber crystal. Do we think that the heart was part kyber? I think it's possible. I actually was... I wouldn't be surprised. I wasn't sure what it was necessarily. It had that kind. Of, it looked almost like you were looking into deep space. Mm. I actually, I, at some point, I drew a comp in my mind to the control chips in the in the clones. Oh, mm. interesting. Dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that would have made the episode interesting. <laughs> yeah, if there had been, I don't know, any thematic element to dive into at all. Why am I being so mean to them about this episode? It was serviceable. It was fine. It was like a B minus C plus. Yeah, it was. Sure, you you're not going to fail, but I'm not going to write home to your parents and be like, "What a good job Dave did on this one." <laughs> Dave, I expect better, man. God, I'm being a little hater, Dave. I'm so sorry. All right, We're going to move on to the planet of Kashyyyk, uh, the home planet of the Wookies. And the structure of their treehouses, I know this made Anders very happy, first appeared in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which I still need to watch because, my God, when Anders was telling me about it. Oh, yeah. Colleen, did I tell you I convinced Daniel to watch it? I mean, I didn't realize it was on YouTube. I'm gone for, like, one episode, and you've already fallen to the dark side, Daniel. I can't help you. I mean, I have a red lightsaber right here. I'm already in the dark side. What are we talking about? All I had to mention was Wookiees watching VR alien porn in the living room. And yes. I was like, whoa, that's psychotic. I need to understand yes. this reference. It is a fever dream, for real. Yeah, I'm ready for that fever dream to happen to me. 
Um, so back to Kashyyyk, though. It was originally going to be the setting for Return of the Jedi before Endor and the Ewoks were substituted in, which still, boo, absolutely should have been Kashyyyk. I love my Wookiees. Wookiees destroying all of that stuff would have made way, way more sense. Fucking Build-A-Bear, Teddy Bears. Uh, Ewoks, you're catching strays. I'm sorry. You're lovely people. <laughs> you're so adorable. Uh, so they really are. I love them. They, they didn't deserve that. Uh, so the idea, though, of the Bad Batch having a mission on Kashyyyk was supposed to be something done in the Clone Wars. It was one of those unproduced ideas when the series was canceled. But they do harken back to talk about like, oh, we haven't been to Kashyyyk in a while. So it's nice they kind of played in like that's still something that the Batch did in their time during the Clone Wars. Yeah. And Daniel, you mentioned this earlier, you know, Wookiee rebellions is something that happens a lot um, over the next uh, like 15 years of the Star Wars timeline. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. is one of the missions that Cal Kestis partakes in in the game Jedi Fallen Order. Wonder if he'll get there on uh, the next. What's the sequel called again? Uh, Jedi Survivor. Survivor. Wonder if he'll go back. I mean, leave those Wookiees alone. (laughs) And also Ninth Sister, I hope you died horribly for hurting that bird, you bitch. But she's like the only funny one out of I mean, all the I mean, she was. I found the Jedi. Like, you're, she's great. I love her, but she hurt the bird, and I was yeah. very upset. She did hurt the bird. It was un- just not okay. But she has also hurt Darth Vader's feelings in the past, which I really appreciate. Okay, were. <laughs> I, I love her in the comics. She's great. Okay, next we have the Wookiees and their arch nemeses, the Trandoshans. They have a long mm-hmm. history with each other. The Trandoshans love to hunt and kill Wookiees. Not the other way around. The Wookiees are just living their best lives on Kashyyyk, and the Trandoshans are very jealous because they suck. Also, mm-hmm. once again in the Freemaker Adventures, we see the Empire outsourcing control of a Wookiee prison to the Trandoshans because, of course, they fucking would. Mm-hmm. Vile bastards. <laughs> Uh, so as we mentioned before, the Kenrath show up. So these were these crab spider creatures that were first seen in the Knights of the Old Republic video game. They were uh, natives to Kashyyyk and Dantooine, and they originally were supposed to appear in the Clone Wars. Uh, again, one of those unproduced episodes. And it's nice that they finally brought them back. Like This is actually their first canon appearance. And it's so nice seeing something that I used to hate running upon like oh god not another one of these bastards there's so many they're gonna swarm me and then i had that feeling for the batch like oh god don't let them swarm you (laughs) it was great i was so happy to see it Mm -hmm. and then lastly we have our little guy gunji we love him so if you were wondering why so many nerds on the internet were losing their minds when the little wookie padawan appeared he did first appear in the episode the gathering during the clone wars where he had to find his his first kyber crystal to build his lightsaber uh, in that episode we find out his lightsaber is actually a little unusual in that it has a wooden grip on the hilt you can select uh, a very similar grip his is one of the options to build your own lightsaber in Disney's Galaxy's Edge. It's all modeled after G- Gunji's saber. It's like the natural, the natural yeah. model. <laughs> I love that he has a piece of his culture with him, even it's, if he's isn't not. It the Washer Tree? Yeah. Is it Washer Tree? tree? Yeah. I think oh, it's okay. Washer Tree. Because there, what's his name? The, <laughs> the droid that is helping them make their sabers. He's like, oh, people don't often choose this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that tree pretty much only grows on Kashyyyk, so. All right, moving on now. Just a few other discussion points, some characters to talk about. So I want to talk about Fee for a second, because I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I feel like they just could have done more with her, a little bit of a better vehicle. Like, what I'm going to talk about him again. One of the things that actually makes Hondo just such a fun character is you never quite know where he's going to go. You never quite know what he's going to do. He is always kind of acting in self-interest, but we, and I mean, this is just part of the fact that we've seen him progress over the course of so long. He started he's out even dynamic in the Clone Wars, like his yeah, first even era. when he's just a pirate king. Like we knew what we knew what he, what we were getting into, kind of. Fee, I still don't really have a read on her. 
Mm-hmm. Like, she seems like the type of character that any second she's going to sell these guys out, but then she doesn't, so she's, like, already in the heart of Gold Place, so what's that interesting? What journey do does she have? Mm-hmm. Like, in this episode, she was just kind of there. Right. I would like things to come to a head between her and Sid soon. I, I think that, that would, would be make interesting. an interesting, like, dynamic for the second half of the season, where it's mm-hmm. maybe, you know... Sid's issues that have been hinted at in the past maybe come to the surface and we see a little bit rougher side of Sid and I don't know I I think there's drama and potential there Mm -hmm. but it needs to be set up a little bit better before it actually pays off yeah so far the only conflict we've really seen with her is that Hunter is like you raid deadly tombs for a living that's dangerous Mm-hmm. Stay away from my kids. You kid. go on deadly <laughs> missions with your kid sister. What do you yeah. want? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Oh, Hunter. <laughs> Hunter speaking too. of Hunter. <laughs> speaking of Hunter, I, again, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him so far. Mm-hmm. I, I think we talked, we liked the fact that earlier in the season, we got to see a lot of the other clones kind of take center stage. But now it feels like we haven't, Hunter hasn't done anything. And we're six yeah. episodes in. He's been he's been on the back burner for most of this season, which is good and bad. It's a little bit refreshing seeing more of the batch get the limelight, considering Hunter was kind of the poster child for a lot of season one. Mm-hmm. But he was also the poster child for a reason, because Hunter's engaging and he's fun to focus on. Like, he's a good character. I mean, they all are. But yeah, I, I kind of missed Hunter, and I hope that he takes more of the center stage on this two-parter coming up next. Yeah. He's the leader. We need to see him lead. Make some decisions. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Next up, we have Omega. I mean, we hinted this a little bit earlier. She can sense something is off when they're on the Vanguard Axis station. Kind of like Daniel, you and I were talking last time about Grogu coming up in the new season of The Mandalorian and can you stop teasing us with his order 60 think six piece and just give us the an- like we would like to actually know the story we want to know yeah. the answer can we get an answer about omega and force sensitivity it would just be nice to stop having these very very subtle hints and mm-hmm. just and just actually have something have it be a driving plot point so i don't think the bad batch is going to be nearly as long as clone wars mm-hmm. i i think it's probably only going to be three, maybe four seasons at most. I wouldn't be surprised if we get an answer at the end of this season. Because from the way that they have hinted at things, I think that mountain complex is going to turn out to be something a little bit more. We've seen the return of the cloning guy coming back in um, in Mando season three. So it feels mm-hmm. like they're trying to drop these little hints and, you know, crumbs towards how Palpatine returns in the movie that shall not be named. Um, so I think there will be some exploration probably towards the end of this season. And I, I, I honestly, I still am under the impression that she is. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know it quite yet. She just thinks she's intuitive. But right. I think the, I think that'll be a large part of the issue because you know crosshair still kind of believes in the empire and maybe he will start to feel the urge to come back to his brothers but then he finds Mm -hmm. out that omega is potentially someone who he views as an enemy Uh oh i think that's that's ripe ground for some uh good storytelling there so who knows Mm -hmm. yes more like interpersonal drama between right? them i'm gonna throw yeah, out a yeah, it doesn't need to be giant right i would throw out a prediction that omega is force sensitive but she's not like she's not like jedi level force sensitive it was like an early it was like an early success of an experiment i honestly would be fine with that yeah because yeah. so i i don't know that i don't know how to phrase this the canonicity of this but i know like the canon the canon, yeah. So, I like when when Han always says like, "Oh, I have a bad feeling about this." 
and people have always kind of interpreted it as like, oh, the Force is kind of nudging him. And it's mm -hmm. not like he's a full-blown Jedi, but he's got that little sense in the back of his head. Yeah. And there was a character like that in Knights of the Republic 2 who actually was a little Force-sensitive the more that he dove into it. So yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of them bringing in like, hey, there's some people that are a little bit more naturally connected to the Force than others, but they're not Force user level. And to have it be a clone yeah. would be like, oh no, they're people. Yeah. Mm. Oops. Yeah. They're not just uh, organic robots to print out and use however you want. Yep. Right. All right. Next up, we have Gunji and the Wookiees. This, it yeah. was just really cool. This is probably the most like culture we've seen from the Wookiees. And yeah. yeah. pretty much all of Star all of uh on on screen yeah. Star Wars. Like Yeah, not counting the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the books have gotten into a lot more, but here it was really cool to see them praying under the tree to actually have mm -hmm. them kind of sit down and have a meal together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, to drink really strong booze together. I think absolutely. Wrecker is adorable when he is yes. like getting culturally into it. He's like, I'm going to have fun with the Wookiees. He's like, wait, this is amazing. Can I like come to a semester here? Yeah. You need a semester I mean, abroad in Kashyyyk. <laughs> right? I wouldn't be opposed to it. Those beaches are pretty nice when yeah. they're not being attacked by the CIS. Colleen. Wrecker would totally be like Strax when he found like the Scottish Fight Club. Yes, for all Doctor of you Who Dr. Whovians out there, the Thank potato, you, potato man behind. would love the Wookiees. Yeah, I mean, like we said, I just love seeing their culture. Like it, Wookiees are beautiful, beautiful people, and I love seeing their culture because, like, again, I'm gonna keep bringing it up. Knights of the Old Republic. You go to Kashyyyk in the first one and you get a big old helping of Wookiee culture and you see them as the complex people that they are. And I just wish more of Star Wars would delve into that because we only get the Wookiees to show up as like, oh, look at this cute furry dude. Mm -hmm. And they don't really go into the fact that these are people. So like it, it's nice, like in the High Republic books, Buryaga is not just, oh, the cute Wookiee. He's. No, he's a Jedi who is there helping, who has complex feelings and emotions like everyone else. Furry. So, yeah, like show more of that. We want more of that. Give us more good Wookiee storytelling. At least for me. I'm speaking for me. It could be for you guys oh, too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to have um, a story that's like only Wookiees, I, I will need subtitles, yes. even though I hate subtitles. Yes. <laughs> There is a Wookiee who mind. can speak basic in one of the books and oh. they they treat it like a speech impediment. It's it's kind of funny because oh. they're like, oh, this poor guy, he has this problem in which he can speak basic. Doing his best. He's doing his best. He cannot He's speak his, his own language, like Wookiee oh. language. He can't. He can't speak Sherawook? No, he, can, he speaks basic. <laughs> oh, I just want to give him a hug. He does need a hug. <laughs> so many hugs. <laughs> and I already mentioned these guys, the Vanguard Axis. What the hell is going on? <laughs> He's trying. I am oh, very droid. <laughs> I am all for droids doing their own thing because uh sentients suck. Like, good for you. Go off, make that money, do your thing. Just don't sell people into slavery. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, because I'm otherwise, I'm going to have to send deactivation codes your way because that's <laughs> fucked. I'm really curious who they were going to sell them to. Was it the Inquisitors or was it like Trandoshans? That's hard to say. Would they even have believed he was a Jedi? Well, they took his yeah, lightsaber. He has yeah, a they... lightsaber, but he's a Wookiee. So there's some just preconceived notions that the droids might have about like, oh, this Wookiee stole a Jedi's lightsaber. Let's send him back to the Trandoshans and then make money off the lightsaber. Yeah, it could be either one. Depends I, if they saw him fight. Yeah. I think I think they probably would have sold them to the Inquisitors only because if they were sentients, they probably would have had the bias of like, it's a Wookiee. He's not actually a Jedi. Like he got this from somewhere. I think a droid would be able to be like, no, why would 
like I, I think the droid could more like processes it without any bias and just be like oh okay now here we go this is a jedi i've cross-referenced some obscure file from the what is mm-hmm. what is the internet called in star wars what do we call it <laughs> the hollow net yeah the hollow net. net thank you <laughs> um yeah they probably pulled some obscure file off the hollow net and was like oh cross-referenced him mm-hmm. we know who he is I, I like this idea of droids being in control of their own destinies. I hope we see more of that. There are some droid revolutions in the books, too, which are yep. quite fun. Especially I mean, when people realize they're screwed, when they're like, oh, no. <laughs> L3, I'm going to keep the fight up for you, baby. I love you. Mm-hmm. We love you. One hot-ass robot. What? <laughs> That's what Lando says. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it works. Well, with that, we will move into uh, any final questions we have coming out of these episodes, any predictions for what's coming next. We do have the two-part mid-season finale coming next week. For me, it's time to see Rex. He was in the trailer that usually doesn't go beyond like the first half of a season for the stuff that they put in there. And it's also time for Crosshair to actually properly intersect with the crew. I think so Mm -hmm. him, you know, whether or not Cody also comes back at this point, the next episode is called the clone conspiracy. So it would make sense that we have a lot, a lot of the clones. Yeah. Clone rebellion. I'm ready. I'm ready for for that. Yeah. It, it feels like that's kind of what we're heading towards. I wouldn't be surprised if Rex is, is involved in the two parter next week. It, it feels like, okay, we've had our little bit of fun in the beginning. We've got some serious stuff with seeing Crosshair and where they left it with Crosshair, you know, seemingly starting to question things. Um, Cody had abandoned him. It it feels like they're setting up the pieces for, okay, this, this two-parter is going to, like, here's the big crux of what's going to happen now. Um, so I would not be surprised if if we see Rex, maybe a brief message or something from Cody, I'm not expecting him to like be in like the whole episode, but yeah, I, I think we're going to get the, the seed sowed for the uh, clone rebellion eventually. Agree. I'm ready. I'm ready to see yes. the clone rebellion, even though it's going to be torn pieces. I'm sure I still want to see them try and fight yeah. back. It's going to be sad. I also want to see Rex. Um, I find that I I really like Omega and the boys and watching them hang out, but I also want to see other characters more, yeah. which I I don't know if it's the best thing for this kind of series, but I am also okay with it being like, oh, and here's this new fabulous guest star. Like, should it be able to sit on Omega and the boys' shoulders? Yes, partially, but some of the best episodes are when we get people back, like Hera. When we get to see people like Kanan or Deva Blava, Crosshair is the one who has the most gravitas as a character for me. But even yeah. he seems like a guest star in this series called The Bad Batch. More Crosshair solo episodes. Yes. Yeah, give us more Crosshair. He is interesting. He's very quiet, which I think is kind of difficult for a show to work around. That's why he got Cody. That's why he talks to Rampart a lot. Like, he's the quiet guy in the cafeteria that nobody wants to sit with. So having him be solo by himself without being a talker would be kind of hard. But still, show us some more. We want to see more Crosshair. Like, maybe pair him up with Echo. If him and Echo somehow stumble across each other, I want to see more Echo, too. He's different from the Bad Batch. He has more ties to the clones who could be part of the possible clone uprising. I would love to see him be really torn between going with Rex, Cody, and that crew versus Hunter, who I'm sure is not going to want to engage in yeah. something like that. He's like, no, you're regs. Like, we don't get involved in reg stuff. And Echo's like, well, I was a reg. I would like to pursue this a little bit more. I want that kind of, like, dynamic where they can fight and argue like a family and then make decisions as a family. I think we're heading there. I hope we're heading there. Something to sink our teeth into. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something that I just came across my brain and it made me sad. I 
I'm afraid that we might get the fallout of Crosshair, like, hurting clones. Like, mm -hmm. so we've seen he's not been accepted by the regs. He's still an outcast. He has none of his brothers. And I think when he, like, gets the order and to help put down this clone rebellion, like, I don't think he's going to be part of it. And I think he's going to hurt his own brothers and then realize... Like, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Like, I, I, I think I think he's going to go through some emotional turmoil soon. Yes, give it yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> emotional <Crosshair>. turmoil. <laughs> uh, speaking of give it to us soon, Colleen, we got some news about Star Wars Visions Volume 2, which is coming on May 4th this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what did we learn? Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. So we are getting the season two of Visions. It's going to be a little bit different from the first season because it's not entirely Japanese studios, not entirely anime style. The mm -hmm. studios participating include El Guiri, which is from Spain. And I'm probably going to pronounce some of these things horribly, so I apologize. Cartoon Saloon, which is from Ireland. God, Punk you butchered Robot. that one. Yeah, Cartoon Saloon, man. That's a toughie. <laughs> That's a lot of O's for my Minnesota accent. <laughs> we have a Punk Robot, which is from Chile. Ardman, very excited about this one from the UK. Studio Mirror from South Korea. Korea. I'm very Studio... excited for that. Yeah, Studio Mirror is going to be great, too. Um, Studio La Cachette from Friends. That one's for Flo. Flo, you're going to have to watch at least one episode <laughs> of Star Wars. 88 Pictures from India. Dart Shotagio, which is probably absolutely wrong, from Japan, and Triggerfish from South Africa. I'm most excited for Ardman and Cartoon Saloon. Those studios made classics like Wallace and Gromit. Hello. Insane. Yes, yes Insane. I'm so happy. And Cartoon Saloon did Wolf Walkers and The Book of the Cows. I love Wolf Walkers. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful animation styles. And then Studio Mirror, also just fantastic styling. It's. I'm just here for it. I'm here for every sort of studio interpretation of Star Wars and what it means to them, what they're going to bring to the table. These new ideas bouncing around is very cool. Uh, you guys probably remember this from last time. There was pushback against season one of Visions by certain fans, certain members oh. of the fandom. They said it wasn't quote unquote real Star Wars and that the anime animation style wasn't right for Star Wars. I disagreed pretty hard with yeah. that on our Visions pods. Yeah. I think Star Wars is for everyone. Getting to see fresh takes for the property can only do good for the storytelling moving forward. It just really irks me when people won't even give it a shot. It's just yeah. really awful. I, what do you guys think? I mean, I've not been the biggest anime fan uh, before, but I've slowly started to get into some new ones. Uh, thank you, Colleen, for getting me into my hero because I am fully caught up. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm really excited. I personally love uh, Legend of Korra, which is something that Studio Mir animated. They also did the Boondocks. Yes. Like the animation on those two shows were so fun. So seeing them animate a potentially like a lightsaber fight or anything like that, brilliant. Like bring it on. Um, I I'm sorry, I don't care if you think it's not real Star Wars because you can have star wars in so many different mediums it, it's if you just keep forcing it into the same box it becomes stale let right. it breathe let it have fun like the oh i can't remember the name of it but the episode of last season of visions where um there was the the lady Jedi who had the like katana sword. Mm -hmm. uh, she had the katana lightsaber, and it was like the small village uh, that was being forced to give up one of their uh, the village bride to the pirates. Yeah, the village, the village bride, bride. Thank you. With that one was heels. so cool. Yes, <laughs> that mm -hmm. one was so cool, and it's something I never thought I would have wanted out of Star Wars. But when I saw it, I was just enraptured. Like I was like, I loved it. Mm -hmm. it, it's just i i it's like people who don't want to try new foods or like go to new places it's like uh, just you know what try it if you don't like it that's fine 
but don't just keep doing the same things and being like anything that's outside of this isn't right like calm right. down because andor yeah. worked because it stretched the limit yes of what we thought star wars could be i love andor it's one of my favorite star wars things i don't want every bit of star wars to be like andor or it's gonna get stale right yeah have fun have variety yeah i love just this idea that you can you're giving these studios the opportunity to be like actually what does it mean to you what is something what is a boundary you want to push let's roll with it and you know what if it works solid chance it'll end up being canonized in some way Mm -hmm. i just yeah i i mean you guys know i still don't like anime that much like at all (laughs) But I loved it, and I loved what they were. I loved what they were trying to do. I loved the entire concept. I love this idea that all these different animation studios and styles are going to get a chance to kind of flex with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love animation, so I'm if here for it. Ardman is claymation. I will lose my damn mind. <laughs> oh, I, I, that would be so cool. That would be really cool. I am here for it. Give me chicken run. Give me flushed away. (laughs) (laughs) Also, one thing that we didn't uh, mention earlier, uh, but like, I just thought it was so cool in season one, how you could see culturally how much, uh, you know, that all these Japanese studios brought their own culture into the episodes. Like it, it made things fresh. And the fact that we're expanding it to all these different countries now, that's exciting to me because I mean, let's be honest, we mostly get a American, maybe like English, British approach on Star Wars. That's pretty much the main people that are doing it. So having like these fresh approaches from other countries who interpret it in their own ways, I mean, that can only breathe new life into like cool ideas. And like Anders was saying, if it's cool, if it's well received, probably going to get brought into canon at some point. Like. Yeah, let these cool outside perspectives do something different, and we might just find something that we absolutely love. Yep. But this isn't the only piece of news that we got recently. Actually, just today, we got news from E.K. Johnson on Twitter. She's writing a new Star Wars book about Kira, the best part of Solo, called (laughs) Crimson Climb. We're always happy to get more Kira content. E.K. Johnson, uh, she wrote the Ahsoka novel. She wrote the Padme trilogy of novels. Uh, So just very excited for this. But, you know, Amelia Clark, she's over there filming, I think it's Secret Invasion for Disney Plus right now. Maybe she could just film a a Kira show and just just give us that. Just give her a cape and and be good. Kira being a bad ass on the like mob scene yes yes mm-hmm. come on like what money that's money yes amelia Print clark the money, down to the huts give it to oh me now God, yes. <laughs> <I want> it. <laughs> yes absolutely and just being a badass i want it i want it like okay you guys all watch game of thrones right of course of course season six when she finally gets back to uh her city and she's telling the masters like, no, 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 this isn't a surrender for me. This is your surrender. The snide way she says that, and then just the hops up onto a dragon. Like, absolutely, give me that. Like, I want her to just be like, oh, you dumb hut crime boss, you thought you were gonna take me in, and just like snaps her fingers, and the whole room guns down like the huts guards. Give me something badass like that. She deserves it. Now, she's been having, I mean, she had a very strong run in the comics during the Mm -hmm. War of the Bounty Hunters, I think. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, So I'm just really excited to keep expanding on her story. Well, okay. We we were just saying how we wish she had a show, which we all do. But if she's getting a book, at least it's E.K. Johnston. She has shown time and time again that she understands how to write Star Wars. So mm-hmm. and women in Star happy. Wars. Yes. Like E.K. Johnson is a great voice for Star Wars. I'm so happy whenever she does more stuff. So kudos to you. Keep writing good stories. We love you. Absolutely. Agreed. Stamped. <laughs> yes. I think that's gonna be it for us. So thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. 
Follow us wherever you're getting your podcast and hit that subscribe button. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films where you can hear me absolutely rail against episode nine because I held it in this episode for you guys. (laughs) He did. (laughs) I did. I held it in because I wanted it to be good. I was just disappointed in you, not angry. I was angry. All right. Um, So not only the main Star Wars films, though, we have a lot of great content. We talk about Andor, The Bad Batch, uh, Visions, all sorts of stuff. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders and Colleen on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. Maybe we'll get a Kira one when that drops. And uh, yeah, so join us next time. We're going to take a look at the two-part mid-season finale of The Bad Batch. Cannot wait. Until then, remember, fuck the Trandoshans. They are the worst. Absolute worst. worst. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye to everyone except Trandoshans.